Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's very difficult to keep the line between the past and the present. Do you believe that someone out of the past can enter and take possession of a living being? We may be through with the past, but the past is not through with us. Welcome back to The Next Picture Show, a movie that we podcast devoted to a classic film the way it shaped our thoughts on a recent release. I'm Keith Phipps, here again with Scott Tobias, Genevieve Kosky, and Tasha Robinson. Last week, we talked about Heathers, the 1989 dark comedy in which Christian Slater and Winona Ryder shave off the top of an Ohio high school social pyramid. Writer's Veronica Sawyer has seen the view from the top, but PJ and Josie, the protagonists of the new film Bottoms, are, as the title suggests, situated much lower. Played respectively by Rachel Sinnott and Ayo Atterbury, PJ and Josie begin the film as socially misfit lesbian high schoolers, but PJ concocts a plan to move up. Using the threat of violence tied to an upcoming football game against their school's rivals, PJ creates a fight club as a means to make the moves on the school's cheerleading squad. The club takes off, but has some unintended consequences. We'll talk about those and more after the break. I can't believe they're letting you guys start a fight club. You can beat the shit out of each other while you perform the vagina monologues. Let's do this! Punching each other makes girls weirdly horny. You can be our club advisor. You don't even come to the dang club. No. That's my favorite way to be an ally. Say, I support women. You don't. Don't come. Yeah. My mom did say I need to pick up a hobby. Move, you prick! She said move. Prick. Don't talk to me, you ugly bitch, okay? I do not talk to girls in overalls. Okay, I might be ugly, but these aren't overalls. Ready? Go. Y'all were two of my top students, I think. Oh, no, that was two other students. All right, Bottoms, what'd you guys think? It's a lot. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, it is um, out of control in a way that is mostly good, I would say. But the one thing I was thinking about in relation to Shiva Baby is, is Shiva Baby has is also kind of out of control in the sense that this character's life is sort of collapsing around her. All of these events, it's almost like a screwball comedy and that, that, that uh, all of these relationships that she's has, they're all kind of coalescing or crashing down at, at this, at the Shiva. And, uh, and so it has kind of the screwball energy to it. This doesn't have that kind of structure. It feels like it has a lot, all of the crazy sort of out of control, uh, energy, but it doesn't necessarily, it's n- not reined in. It feels very much like a, a Rachel Sinat screenplay. You know, it, it feels so t- much like it, like it channels her personality, mostly in a very good way, but in a way that's a, a whole lot messier and, and maybe not as sharp for me as uh, Shiva Baby. It's been a while since I felt so out of step with critical consensus on a movie. Like, as, as, like since it premiered at South by Southwest. I've been hearing like nothing but rapturous things about this movie as we record this. It's at 99% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and like it's been a big topic of discussion at Vulture like 
all of my coworkers are extremely excited for it. So I went into this movie with pretty high expectations. And that was probably a bad thing because I came away from it feeling like, was that it? <laughs> you, you know, like, there's a lot about this movie that I, I should really like. Like, I enjoyed Shiba Baby a lot. I like both of these two performers a lot. I love their uh, comedic rhythm. Like, I, I just like the way they deliver lines a lot. But I found myself struggling to connect to this movie because, like, there's a lot of, you know, as you say, Scott, it's like kind of over the top and just, you know, chaotic in a way, but there, I couldn't find anything to hold on to. Like the characterization of these two characters is almost non existent. <laughs> you know, like it, it feels like a very premise first comedy to me. And like you talked about how Shiva Baby had that kind of screwball feel. This felt more kind of like a sketch comedy blown up to a feature length. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't mean that as a slight against sketch comedy in any way, but I'm just talking about how it is a very premise forward comedic approach. And I guess I just don't vibe with that as much as I vibe with like, characters who care about something or you know have a backstory or even like kind of a coherent world like this movie takes place sort of like out of time you know like there's there's no cell phones or social media or <laughs> it kind of has this like 80s high school vibe but also a very sort of modern sensibility it's it's absurdist by design but it I think just the lack of anything that felt like real to me to connect to just left a feeling kind of weightless. I'm in a very similar boat where I, I, I went in with reasonably high expectations based on some of the advanced word. And it just, I, I kept thinking like, I still haven't seen cocaine bear, but everything about cocaine bear that I heard and, and every snippet of it and trailer for it that I watched this is what that movie feels like. And, you know, there's there's a connective DNA there in that Elizabeth Banks directed Cocaine Bear and she's a producer here. But, you know, where whereas that tone, that completely like over the top, nothing is real and, and nothing needs to be real attitude makes sense for a movie about a bear hopped up on cocaine. <laughs> this is ostensibly a movie about two friends and Mm -hmm. what they do in their their high school. And I mean it's it's very much again another movie in conversation with uh I would say 80s and 90s high school comedy. It's kind of a movie about a couple of people trying to get laid. They've just kind of been gender swapped from movies that we're familiar with. And I think that that's kind of a fun iteration on it. But this movie feels edited to hell to me. Scott mm -hmm. Scott called it messy. Genevieve said that the characterization is uh, non-existent. To me, it feels like there's a half an hour of this movie missing somewhere. <laughs> and it just it really shows in how little connective tissue there seems to be between scenes, sequences and ideas. There's kind of late in the movie, Adebari's character goes to see this queer mentor, like a, a, a woman of color who's living in a trailer. And 
the, played by Punky Johnson of played, SNL. Played by Punky Johnson. Mm-hmm. And the implication mm-hmm. just kind of seems to be like, this is the person in her life that she's gone to for advice where she can't, when she can't go to anybody else. This is the woman who has been like a significant person in her life that she's kind of modeled herself after a little bit, even though this woman like specifically says like, look, I'm, I'm not your queer role model. This character had not appeared at any previous moment in the film. Uh, I, if, as far as I could tell, there's no previous mention of her. It just she's completely. Referenced, she's referenced earlier in the film. Okay, fair. But you're, yeah. It just comes so out of the blue. And like a lot of things like that happen in this movie where people change their minds about things, not even on a whim, but just with no explanation between one scene and, and the next. And I found myself just like over and over, I would really enjoy a scene and then in the next scene, I might enjoy that scene too, but I, I couldn't see where they were supposed to be the same characters or the same situation. Yeah, I think all that's fair. This movie made, I like the film and made me laugh. And, you know, but as a follow up to Shiva Baby, I found it surprising because that movie, for all its, you know, high energy and, and kind of madness uh, within the film, it is you know very character driven and not as 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 Genevieve said premise premise driven. It's and you know I kind of like the my faint misgivings about Heather's not to jump ahead, but like that that's perhaps not really. It's more like sort of everywhere instead of instead of honed in, uh, honed in. This is I'm not sure this movie is really about anything at all. You know I mean <laughs> you have you have these two outcast characters, but you know they're so cartoonish and so i think you know i I haven't been to high school in a a few years but but so removed (laughs) from like recognizable high school character people that that it's i'm not even sure what this is this is about that said it made me laugh you know i I thought it was funny and and when it's funny it's very funny the leads have have tremendous energy i think the whole supporting cast is good too uh uh, marshawn lynch made me laugh uh, quite a bit uh, too yeah uh so uh i mean i'd recommend it but but it is a surprisingly less substantial film than than shiva baby uh which may not be a fair thing to judge it by because they're two different films but um that's that's what i found myself thinking shiva baby is just so specific about one character and how she sees the world and how kind of the cloud of people around her have very clearly formed her you know where she's coming from in terms of perspective you have a really clear sense of like what that character wants and doesn't want and just how many elements of her life are working against the things she does and doesn't want and yet has to deal with all the time anyway. It just seems very focused compared to this movie. I will say I think that the film isn't, I wouldn't say the film is about something per se, but it is an expression of something in that like a couple of things like one is that is that it is sort of a gender reversal on a familiar premise for a raunchy teen comedy, which is we want to get laid. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Let's 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 scheme let's scheme a way to do this. Let's let's put uh, cameras in the sorority house or yeah, whatever it's, you're gonna it's do. Very revenge um, of the nerds, it, it, right? And so it, it, there's that, and then I think there's also an expression here, as there was in Shiva Baby, of a certain you know sexual fluidity. You know, and, and I think that's kind of what is going to mark this film as kind of of its time, and maybe Shiva Baby of its time as being there's kind of a what is it late millennial or whatever i don't know what generation but a certain kind of understanding of sexuality that's so much different 
than we might have than, than the sort of dichotomies we were used to experiencing you know in teen films before so it feels like an expression of that as well so i found it there but i i will say you know and i mentioned this in my review is like is like yes it does feel like an improv premise it feels like okay you're telling a talented group, group of people they're going to make a you know you know sort of a fight club about lesbians or whatever and that's going to end and then this talented group of people is going to try to improvise something really quickly and on the fly and it has that kind of quality to it but the problem with that is like when i sat down to review this film it was very hard for me to kind of collect my thoughts and remember just the sequence of events it mm-hmm. it, 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 all, it all feels it feels very scattershot and, and the thing is like i can think about shiva baby a film i saw now a few years ago and remember quite distinctly you know when each thing happened when when each kind of bomb sort of detonated in that movie you know and that was a film i saw years ago and this is a film i just saw a few days ago and it has so, literal bombs in it. <laughs> it yeah so yeah i, I mean but again all of that said i i you know it, it, in its fits and starts in its comic energy I, I found a lot to like about it as far as its comic energy goes i think it's a well obviously all comedies are your your mileage may vary to a certain extent but this so much of the comedy of this is wrapped up in whether you find people getting hurt to be funny you know and that's you know the the kind of fall down go boom uh vein of comedy which a lot of people like and this film executes to an extreme degree i personally don't find it that funny just to watch people wailing on each other regardless of the you know the gender makeup of of it you know like i think again it just goes back to that you know it being so premise forward and the premise being like girls start a fight club you know and that mm-hmm. is inherently comedic for some reason but like you know this scene of a jock just beating the shit out of one of these girls is you know clearly meant to be a little shocking and and make you laugh in its extremeness but i found myself just kind of bored by it after a while like okay i get what you're doing it's kind of the same thing over and over again up through like the big climax of the movie like it's just kind of hammering that same comedic beat and getting louder and louder and louder as it does it and yeah again for me it just comes back to without there being something to latch onto, whether it's a character or like their friendship like is, is also like very underdeveloped maybe that's just like a high school thing in general but like i you know i didn't really kind of get a sense of why these two women are friends but um without anything like that to kind of inform it it just felt very kind of shallow as a comedic beat to me do you you feel like the film should have maybe addressed why the two of them have not (laughs) experimented a little bit i mean if they're this kind of hard up but like well it's very strange like that isn't even talked about or or at least it, it just brought up even to dismiss Uh, at any point. I felt that that came from kind of a place, a a, a couple of different places. One is that, that, that these girls are not characterized much at all. Like apart from being told like we, they've been best friends forever. We know very little about them. And one of the things that maybe sticks with me the most from the movie, like Scott, I'm, I'm having the same experience that you did of just kind of finding the film very unmemorable and kind of hard to piece together Mm -hmm. Because there just isn't a lot of emotional impact to most of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's they're gags, 
but there's not a lot of like emotional weight to anything that happens in this movie except maybe like one sex act and uh, kind of the the fallout of that afterwards so there's just you know you you feel the weight of all of those movements in Shiva baby because you are very much in this person's point of view and every big thudding weight that lands on her chest you can feel and here much bigger thudder thuddier weights hit people but they don't mean anything cuz they just kind of like roll off and and keep going so with that in mind i to some degree i feel like it's just sort of eh, we didn't we didn't need to think about this that's not important because that's not what we're here for we're here for girls punching each other in the face and that's funny but i also think that a big part of it is well a the fact that again we're we're kind of playing out revenge of the nerds and there was never any question in revenge of the nerds is like why those why those dudes didn't all just sleep with each other uh, but also, I think there's a pretty clear idea here that both of the, the protagonists are very shallow. You know, they're kind of mm-hmm. your your prototypical characters who are mad at pretty people because pretty people are so shallow that they won't sleep with ugly people. But the ugly people don't want to sleep with uh, anybody except pretty people either, which is just a thing that you come to recognize in the world if you if you listen particularly to people complaining about why do nice guys never get the hot chicks. It's funny how the nice guys are not interested in non-Han chicks when they make those complaints. And I, I think this movie is making fun of that mentality to some degree. Yeah. And like, I, I recognize that this movie is very purposely like making these characters unlikable and, and saying like, you know, girl protagonists can be unlikable and dumb and ugly too. Like they, they, they flat out call them stupid and ugly or, or some, something like that. And like they acknowledge that about themselves. Like they're, they're losers by design. And there is sort of a, I guess, an equality to that. But as we're sitting here talking about this, I'm starting to think maybe like the actual character of this movie, main character of the movie, is the school. This very weird <laughs> high school that's like incredibly like sexualized and violent and nihilistic almost <laughs> in a way that it like infects everyone there and allows for this like absolute chaos at a at a football game that everyone just kind of shrugs off and like i find the characterization the presentation of this high school much more interesting than these shallow underdeveloped perhaps by design characters but at the same time like these characters are this movie's purpose like representationally so i think it just kind of maybe doesn't live up to its own project in that respect, but maybe kind of inadvertently does something really interesting with this setting in the process. The first moment I realized what you're talking about was was going on was was when there's inexplicably a student in a cage in one of the classrooms. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's I like the way this high school is abstracted mm-hmm. and uh and really not uh nothing approach it's just kind of a place where teenagers are together in some weird ritualistic way it hasn't has nothing to do with them actually getting educated mm-hmm. i mean the only teacher we really get much of a glimpse of is mr g played by uh marshawn lynch who is teaching all over the map he's got he's got the tree of versailles up he's he's talking about he's uh i guess at least letting the kids know that the holocaust is something that happened um you know and then and then of course you've got 
the football players who are constantly in full gear at all times which which is a which is something i i enjoyed uh the other thing too that i really like again th- this is the thing that I, this is the reason why i kind of like the movie is, is it is it is scattershot and it's kind of a low comedy but it, it, it a lot of the gags worked for me but one of my favorite little subtle gags is that is that is how uh the football in the in the movie is feels like it's it's done by people who who just aren't into sports at all. It, like there's like there's like a there's like a my favorite gag in the movie I think is 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 one where where you, in the background you're watching the quarterback and the other other guys practicing and the and, the, and after a, and there's a play that happens where the where the quarterback spikes the ball on the sidelines as if you scored a touchdown. <laughs> and it's just like, what is this? This is, not, this is like somebody's idea. This would be like my kid's idea of what football is. Cause they, they know I, I, I watch it every once in a while. They have absolutely no interest in even glancing in that direction. This would be their kind of idea of what, what happens at a football game. And in the film is just kind of loaded with that sort of thing. And I think it's, a, I think it's really, you know, the energy of it, the, the raunchiness of it, the sort of low comedy of it. I think that really is the point. I, I I think this is not this is a deliberately not sophisticated film in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. I, you know, it, it is a film that is really about, you know, ha, you know, having a good time and kind of really projecting the the energy that I think PJ projects and PJ being to my mind a reference to PJ Souls, the uh, lead actress in Rock and Roll High School who is, you know, nothing if not a chaos agent. I think that's kind of the energy this film is trying to project and I kind of kind of dug it. I dug it less so. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. I get it. I, and yeah. you're, you're, not, you're not alone, despite what Rotten Tomatoes says. I, I have, I, I know some, uh, some media folks uh, who I would, are. I, I would uh, love not, to talk to them. I've, I've, I've felt very isolated these past few days since watching it. <laughs> well, I feel like we we all offer kind of a nuanced affirmation. This has been helpful. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't all come in here just raving about it. I feel a little better. Well. We'll be talking about bottoms some more and and comedy and 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 whatnot uh, after the break when we bring back Heather's to compare these two films. Hey, Brittany. PJ, I am loving all the holes in your pants. Thanks. You look like a little Dutch boy. Thank you. So, Brit, can I call you Brit? I'd prefer if you just called me my name. Brittany. Um, no, not that. Brittany, are you thinking of running a Ferris wheel at all tonight? I wasn't. I'm going on the Puke and Duke. I need a pull trick. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I'm going to say something crazy. I think you can eat food, digest it, let it marinate, poop it out. Mm, gross. Maybe this? You want a bite of this? Oh, no. Yeah, this is fucking disgusting. Ugh. You want a hot dog? We could go get hot dogs. I, I don't know. Yeah, we could get the bun. No the bun. You could get the bun. No. Yes, you could. No. No bun. <clears throat> okay. Now it's time for connections when we bring these two films together and talk about all the things they have in common. I think the most obvious thing is these are dark comedies set in high school, but is Bottoms really that dark? I mean, it's it's no, it's, it's very, silly. Yeah, it's, it's very silly. silly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like, a lot of violence. There's more violence in it than there is in in Heather's, in tr- like in terms of the you know blows thrown. But no one yeah. really gets hurt. Yeah, well, I mean, someone dies, or maybe multiple people die at the end. But like, it's it's well, completely yeah. shrugged shrugged off. You know, they, and, were, like, they were they would be murderers anyway. So whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another thing that like was just very weird and i don't want to say underdeveloped because again i think it was by design but like the whole idea of this rival high school that is going to literally 
murder (laughs) them like maybe i missed something but but like as far as sort of the this movie's like a silly version of dark comedy like one of the early gags i really liked was main football dude whose name i'm not gonna find right now they uh, hit him with their car very incredibly gently so incredibly gently and he goes down and then like the next scene he's like hobbling in on crutches and just some very funny uh physical comedy in that but i didn't like get the connection between that and there's this rival high school that is like attacking and killing us like maybe i wasn't paying close attention or maybe this is kind of what tasha was talking about about there being a half hour missing from this movie but i didn't really like get the introduction of that idea anyway as far as like dark comedy this is like i said a very silly superficial i guess idea of violence where to go back to to that gag you know like it's all very loud and flailing you know uh when it happens but it doesn't actually like nothing actually happened to him you know it's all very performative the the violence um so that i think again for me personally maybe not everyone but like takes away a lot of the impact of it you know and compared to heather's which has this deeply cynical streak and it is absurdist and it isn't like taking a a gritty approach to this violence, but it does feel, I guess, meaningful at the very least to Veronica as, as, as a character and certainly like meaningful to us watching it decades later in, in our current context, as we discussed in the last episode. So to answer your question, Keith, no, I don't think Bottoms is a particularly dark comedy. It's just like kind of, I guess, performing dark ideas, but in a very silly way. I think one thing that both of these movies do that kind of contributes to all of that is the way they handle violence is by starting in a place that's already pretty subversive and shocking, like starting in a place that's pretty over the top. JD pulling the gun out on the two bullies when you think he he might be about to be get like a wedgie or get like hung from a flagpole by his underwear. No, he pulls out a gun and fires it several times. Mm-hmm. And the movie just keeps escalating from there. And Veronica can't keep up with how quickly they go from like, let's let's prank Heather to, oh, we just murdered Heather. But the audience is also kind of trying to keep up in the escalation from we're doing things that are maybe meant to be a little playful to now my my teen angst BS has a body count. And Bottoms is the same way. You know, the the we're starting a fight club, I'm going to punch you in the face thing is so abrupt and so much more violent than you're expecting. And then the movie just keeps escalating rapidly from there. So, like, both of them go to pretty extreme places in terms of their silly, over-the-top, exaggerated, dark comedy violence. But they kind of do it by starting from a, a much higher platform than you're expecting and then just ramping up from there real fast. Yeah, I think you can kind of look at Bottoms as, as taking Heather's as a roadmap in that way but you know it does it diffuses the bomb that that uh, heathers is willing to explode in a way it's it doesn't it always feels silly it never feels dangerous or you know edgy in the same way it's it's kind of almost kind of a a a raunchiness that we're familiar with not only from the films that it, it references you know in the you know perhaps you know kind of the 80s 
you know teen sex comedies or something but 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 um also from the types of movies that we're seeing now that are playing just fine i mean movies like no hard feelings or strays or something like that i mean these are movies that just where raunch is kind of something that is that movies are actually quite comfortable providing and audiences are quite comfortable receiving it's not that dangerous and even 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 the kind of violence on display here when it's contextualized the way it is it can be a little bit gross i guess but it it never reaches that level of great discomfort i guess that you end up getting with with heathers doesn't it seem though like that raunch has been ramped down a lot with the growth of international distribution of movies? There's so many countries now that are profit centers for studios where you can't get a film released if it's got you know a too too deep or too long a kiss in it, let alone characters going on at great length about sexual detail. Uh I I doubt that strays is going to get released in china i doubt that that's kind of on the table for what they were trying to do with it but just the, the, in the the broader cinematic landscape it just kind of seems like the level of raunch that you saw in for instance revenge of the nerds which we've tapped a bunch or some of those other kind of teen sex comedies of the 80s has mostly fallen out of style and it, it feels a little unusual here i guess because it's just so frank and so unapologetic one thing that's central to both of these films is the idea of clicks i mean the title bottoms has several different meanings uh, of course but one of them being that these are the lowest people uh on their high school totem pole uh, i think it, the approaches are quite different though because you know, heather's deals with some real actual social stratification there with bottoms it's quickly established that these characters are not victims of homophobia or being discriminated against they're just not popular at, at <laughs> all uh i don't sure there's there, there's there's clicks in this film but i don't think they have a, quite the same meaning as they do in heathers and i wonder if that's perhaps speaking to a little bit more porousness between clicks in in current high school or is it just another example of the film you know perhaps not developing that aspect of, of its story i would say the latter not just because i'm trying to to rag on bottoms but uh to kind of go back to what i was saying before about like this high school doesn't feel like particularly of this moment you know like it, it doesn't necessarily feel and also like these filmmakers are all you know millennials <laughs> you, you, you know uh i this doesn't feel like it's a movie about gen z uh teenagers necessarily yeah so i don't know that it is trying to make any bigger statement about what high school is like today i think it's engaging with high school in a very sort of trope based kind of way and clicks are very much one of those high school tropes you know that we kind of only get the two like the high and the low the the popular and the unpopular and popular is always um somehow related to the football <laughs> team um and and or cheerleaders so you know again that's just very trope based and you know, tropes are cinematic shorthand, like they're being used to kind of, I, I think, maybe gloss over some of these, you know, characterization holes that that we're, we're talking about. And to a certain degree, that's okay, especially in, in a movie like 
this. But um, I guess what I enjoy about Bottoms's approach to clicks is that we're told that like this is an unpopular group and the you know the football team and the cheerleaders are are popular, but they're all kind of dumb and lame in the same way <laughs> <laughs> you know like it, it doesn't feel like the it, it's kind of like a false hierarchy in a way that i think is actually works for this movie where in heathers you know it, it's it feels like that division is more distinct and meaningful in terms of the film's like bigger ideas about bullying or kind of who you have to step on to become popular and all that. So um, I think they're both nodding to the same high school movie tropes, but they're kind of utilizing them to different ends. These films both take place in, in heightened realities, I guess, very stylized settings as well. Um, I feel like we're kind of echoing what we were saying before. In Heather's, it feels purposeful. And in Bottoms, it feels silly. At least that's my take on it. Do you see anything beyond that that I'm perhaps not seeing with Bottoms? And silly's fine. I don't mean that as a criticism. But I just mean it, it serves a comedy, whereas in Heather's, it serves a, a satirical purpose. I mean, that's one of the one of the things that, that really connects them in a specific way is the you know the the whole jock thing. Uh, you know, it'd be the fact that the the two the two jock bullies uh, who are killed in, in Heather's are are in a casket in their <laughs> in their football uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love my dead gay son, of course. Uh, fan, uh, classic line, and uh, and and then and then uh, these uh, football players in uh, bottoms who are in their uniforms constantly. They never they're they're you know helmets and pads much of the time, or at least pads. So so that that gives them and it, and it, and, it, and it kind of helps you know enforce this comedic shorthand that was like okay we're just gonna give you we're not even going to give you anything beyond what you're seeing in terms of the surface we're not gonna like these are who these who's they are these, these are jocks <laughs> <laughs> they 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 they, they, and we, they might as well just be wearing their varsity jackets or their or their uh uniforms uh full uniforms in, in school because there's just there's not much there's nothing much more to them and we're not interested in them uh so they, there is that kind of connection there um and i like i mean I, you know i i think there's also uh, this idea i don't think we see any instruction beyond uh whatever mr g is doing in bottoms i don't know if there's any actual classwork that we witness in and heathers and uh i mean there's so that moby dick she's carrying around with her that's, so. that's extracurricular <laughs> stuff. right yeah like she's doing that just she's doing that that's casual reading i guess yeah. um so yeah i don't know uh it it it, it seems like uh, high school in both uh films is is it's heightened in the sense that that like it it, it just takes the educational component the reason why anybody is in this place it, all of that stuff is is taken out in just the pure kind of savage you know so, social games that are happening you know that all of that is emphasized and uh, I, I think quite effectively in both movies i feel like part of the element here of the heightened realities is I agree that it doesn't seem like Bottoms has very specific ends, uh, except comedic ones. But I, it seems to me that part of those comedic ends is just 
let's take this trope that we're all familiar with and push it further. Like, of course, there's a a jock uh, who's the quarterback, who's dumb and kind of a bully and also kind of the god of the school. Let's push it further to the point where there are posters of him everywhere with like a stuffed package in his pants and no shirt on uh, posing like in a way that emphasizes his biceps and messages about kind of school spirit that are really just pretty openly sexual and aimed at him. Let's acknowledge the cheerleaders as kind of goddesses of the school, but also dumb and shallow. Like that's an old and familiar trope. But in this case, instead of cheering their routine consists of one of the one of the cheerleaders comes forward and just like dumps a bunch of water on another one mm-hmm. you know there's <laughs> in each case it's like shorthanding uh these just very familiar archetypes and tropes but pushing them one step forward until they become kind of absurd and meaningless and i do think that there's a point there i just personally didn't find a lot of that funny but it did kind of associate for me with like a lot of Zoomer humor, which can be very, very abstract and uh, just like pushed to extremes in a lot of ways. And and part of the funniness of it uh, to to people creating memes in particular is just like how far it's pushed from a, a normal recognizable reality. You know, I've never seen Not Another Teen Movie, but this conversation is making me, I guess, maybe not want to watch, but want to have seen it just because I'm curious uh, to what extent that movie decades ago at this point, or more than a decade ago at this point, pushed these same tropes or or like how it attacked them then. I can't say for sure. I'm just musing. But I don't think we can leave this discussion of heightened realities without acknowledging that both of these high school movies end with an explosion, a quite Mm -hmm. literal literal explosion and a a, a bomb, multiple ones in in the case of, of Bottoms. But in both cases, the impact of those explosions are undercut. In Heather's, we discuss it kind of at length in, in the first half, but uh, I, I just want to point again to the the image of Winona Ryder, almost like wily Coyote-like with her, you know, uh-huh. the soot-smeared face and the hair and lighting the cigarette. Iconic, amazing image. I, I, I love it, but it does, you know, kind of undercut the seriousness of that moment and in bottoms you know the the explosion is you know intended to not be more than like a distraction by a you know their pyro inclined member of, of, of the group and you know it's a a kind of classic comedic beat of the bomb not going off when it's supposed to and then it goes off when it's not supposed to you know and it doesn't really have a, a whole lot of effect so I, I just I think it's interesting that like a bomb in a high school is about as serious as you can get anytime. And both of these films just kind of take the air out of it, but in very different ways. And it kind of firms up the connection. Um, certainly Bottoms has, but maybe both of them have, have again to rock and roll high school. Right. That's another high school movie that it ends in uh, ends in that kind of explosive mayhem. We had to find you know, a way to got, do rock and roll high school. I know. Maybe we should have done it this time. Yeah, maybe. I, it's PJ, someone, the more right? we talk about she's it, it feels named, like it, those are closer. PJ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if only we thought of it. Well, I mean, not not that there's any uh, bad time to talk about Heather's. That's, that's fine, too. Uh, another 
connection between the two, or, or perhaps a, a, not a connection, but, but a distinction between the two of them. So Heather's famously has the quote unquote gay football players who are who made gay in their in, in their suicide uh, by the by their fake suicide, but it doesn't have any explicitly gay characters in it. There's they're kind of conspicuous by their absence, although it wasn't necessarily unusual for a film in the 1980s, whereas Bottoms has plenty of gay characters. Um, is it just a matter of, of the times being different? Yeah, I think that's a fascinating kind of contrast, really, mm-hmm. like, because, I mean, at that, at, you know, at that time, you know, being queer or whatever, it was like a slur. It's like the worst thing like possible. And so there's a lot of like throwing around, you know, slurs in, in, in Heather's. And of course that, that the, uh, those two dudes, you know, get their, get their comeuppance in a way by being uh, posed the way they're posed. And, and you know, and of course in, in bottoms, you have a, a, a much more forward thinking, modern, you know, look how far we've come type of scenario where, where, you know, you're, you're getting this entire movie that, that is a reversal of horny, you know, straight guys, you know, pursuing cheerleaders. And, and, and now it's, you know, horny lesbians pursuing cheerleaders. I mean, that's, that's certainly new. And there's a, there's a, you know, again, this movie along with Shiva baby are expressions of, you know, sexual fluidity and, and, uh, desire and things like that, that are, that are kind of, that feel super modern. And, and, uh, I don't know, it's interesting to kind of see that specific contrast, uh, between the two. It's also interesting the degree to which Heather's has become to a certain extent, a, queer touchstone or at least as a as a reference you know it's definitely uh, not doing anything in terms of of representation but you know it is in its own way critiquing homophobia in mm-hmm. sort of the the assumption that like like obviously this is something that someone would kill themselves over in mineral water and you know it's like it's like sort of making a joke of homophobic assumptions again in a very cynical caustic way but you know the line i love my dead gay son like that it has been embraced uh, and and appropriate to a certain degree by the uh, queer community and i don't think it's necessarily anything the movie was setting out to do certainly not in the way that bottoms is setting out to sort of it's not even about representation with with bottoms. I think it's almost critiquing the very idea of representation and and like having to say something about you know the queer experience or feminism too. Like it's it's lampooning feminist ideas uh, in, in here as well. That said, one of the contrasts here is, as you say, there aren't actual queer people in Heather's so far as we know. There's just the the pretense that two people are queer in order to make their – in order to cover up the murder. But one of the things that I think is actually most subversive about Bottoms is it, it does have that kind of idea of sexual fluidity that Scott keeps tapping into. But in the end, there there's a moment where somebody goes to get laid and finds out that the person that they're interested in is not sexually compatible with them. You know, there's... Mm-hmm. Just no way in a, an 80s sex comedy with a couple of boys chasing getting laid where they would 
like get to the get to the moment of truth with the object of their desire and the object of their desire would say oh no i'm sorry i'm queer uh i'm not really interested in men like it's it's just not a thought and the fact by the time we got to that point in bottoms i was like is is this just one of those fantasies where like either everybody is pansexual or all women are secret lesbians like is that is that kind of where we're going with this and the fact that the story pushed back against that and didn't give one of our pair what they wanted, not for any like mean or rude or homophobic reason, but just a, a pretty polite like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not gay. Uh, I I thought was actually a really interesting touch. Just as a quick aside, could Kaya Gerber look any more like her mother, the actress playing? Oh, do we do we not oh, know who she is? I'm sorry. No, it's uh. I had to remind myself, but I, I yes. who, who, who's, who's she's Cindy Crawford's kid. Oh, right. Yeah. She's All a right. Gerber baby. I'm, I'm sidetracking. I'm sidetracking. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> no, 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 because I, I, I did not know that she was Cindy Crawford's daughter, but I was plagued through that whole movie of why do I know her face? Yep. What? Cause, cause I was like, I, I like peeked at her IMDB and I was like, I don't, know any of these credits why is she so familiar and then i, I finally got there <laughs> i had to i took a bathroom break like halfway through i paused like well, let's look up this cast while we're at it and like oh right of course that's exactly who she looks like <laughs> all right well i'm sidetracked sorry about that yeah we we, we, we love sidetracks um I, I guess speaking of parents maybe this is a, a cool segue into a, another connection uh which is these two movies have they share a certain disregard for the adults in these characters' lives, whether whether parents or teachers. And I think that is also in keeping with high school movie tropes for the most part. But I guess, like, is there a deeper or more or another comedic level besides, you know, adults just don't understand or are, are out of touch happening in either of these Refresh my memory real quickly. Are there parents in Bottoms? Do we see any parents at all? There's the mom who is uh, sleeping with oh, the, right. the football uh, player, uh, Mrs. <laughs> that's, Callahan. That's a weirdly uh, unnecessary subplot way at the end of it, wasn't it? <laughs> well, pushes the cheerleader away from the football guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and also like Bottom, one of the many films I think Bottoms is openly referencing. In fact, I know it is because I read the press notes and it mentioned it is American Pie. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is obviously the, you know, the Stifler's mom equivalent. And yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere, but it's just, I guess, sort of part of the reference stew that Bottoms is stirring. Oh my God. How long ago was American Pie made? 99. <laughs> Uh, that hurts. <laughs> it does feel like oh, the com- almost complete absence of adults, apart from you know one teacher and uh, one parent and one mentor in Bottoms. That that sense that there's a lot missing here to get it down to ninety minutes. I think the absence of adults feels like part of that. Heather's makes such a point of saying like. Here's the way in which, uh, like incompetent teachers or out of touch parents have helped enable the situation that we find ourselves in. Like, here's what shaped these kids and their problems. And then with bottoms, just the sort of absence of it again feels like a common element of teen movies pushed as far as it can possibly go to the point where 
the one at least potentially useful well we've got two potentially useful uh adults one shows up weirdly and randomly towards the end of the movie and has just like very little connective tissue and and the other is so self-serving that after the truth comes out about the fight club he literally crosses off the word feminism on the blackboard where he was teaching a lesson about it and instead writes in why all of our presidents have been men and why that why it should remain that way <laughs> which is again part of the heightened like comedic <laughs> element of of this film it just it goes very very far but i just i feel like we could use maybe a little more environment in bottoms just like a little more sense of context about this world apart from some very thinly characterized uh, ladies punching each other in the face. I'll just briefly note that there is, I guess, one more adult of some consequence in Bottoms, and that's the principal Mm -hmm. who doesn't have... I I think there's only like one sort of significant scene with him. It's actually one of the scenes I I liked most and and stuck with me the most where they are like basically going to get permission to to do the, the fight club. And just like the open disdain he has for for them Um, and maybe for all students I found funny and also just the way they reacted to it I I mentioned earlier that I just really enjoy Rachel Sennett and Io Edeberry's sort of comedic rhythms and just like the way that the three of them kind of have this like deadpan ping-ponging disdain (laughs) among the three of them Uh, I was one of the the funnier moments of, of the movie but that that principal character does kind of feel like an extension of the principal in Heathers who is like sort of doing the math of is this worth a, a half day off or <laughs> you know like like just no real desire to engage with these students as as human beings in any way shape or form so but I, I if there's a scene of consequence with him other than that I don't remember it there's, there's something that unites both these films and i think we found a few things uh there's <laughs> there's definitely connections here uh but it's just adults are terrible right yeah. adults, <laughs> they, and, parents and say, just don't understand parents just don't understand that's right and principals also do not understand no. um well if you want to watch heathers it's rentable through the various you know usual various services it's also on dvd and blu-ray and it's currently streaming without any additional fees on amazon prime video shutter stars roku plex there's lots of places you could see others, I guess. And Bottoms is currently in theaters. We'll be back after the break with your next picture show. Finally, it's time to recommend a film or film-related item that complements this set of episodes. We call it Your Next Picture Show in the hopes it'll put some interesting choices on your radar. We sometimes go over uh, choices that we consider pairing uh, our films with uh, in, in this segment. Uh, I think this one kind of introduced itself mid-recording, so let's just <laughs> take a moment to sing the praises of Rock and Roll High School, uh, which um, I know Scott and I have seen. I don't think our other two co-hosts have, so we, we've got to figure out a way to watch it, but it, it is a... a um, a similarly absurd high school comedy for 1979 uh, set in a high school uh, where uh, every, life for one character and several characters, in fact, comes to revolve around an upcoming Ramones concert, which then throws, you know, exacerbates pre-existing tensions within the high school. Would you say that's accurate, Scott? Yeah. So what is it? Do you remember the name of this high school, Keith? Uh, it is Vince Lombardi High, of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, which is which is at the other end of cool from from Westerberg High School, uh, for sure. Uh, but, but Vince Lombardi High School, very funny. This is a movie. Yeah, you said yeah. Alan Arkush directed it. This is a Roger Corman production. I think one of his, you know, better production. Really, I mean, if you talk, if you you, you talk about. Um, Corman produced f- films, uh, great P- Corman produced films. You have to have this on any list of those. Um, and to me, it's just all about PJ Souls. Well, and the Ramones, but also PJ Souls, but mostly PJ Souls. PJ Souls is a, a, is a, an actress that you're, uh, might that I think a lot of people be, would be familiar with as uh, uh, one of the fr- one of the, the more most rambunctious, I guess, of the friends in uh, in Halloween. She she does not. Uh, La- she's in stripes she's film. bill murray's love interest in Shri- stripes yeah, as well yeah. she had a she she's had a just, moment she had a moment when she was in a lot well, of she just, lot she of stuff. just there's kind of with her there is just pure exuberance and i think that's something that rachel senate is projecting and i think i i have to believe that's why her character is named pj and i think there's a you know there's a level of chaos that she brings to the table that that the movie that rock and roll high school sort of bounces off of and, and it, it, it sets the tone i guess for what the movie is going to be you know and then to have the actual ramones in the movie uh in their music of course and and uh you know have them it, it, you know and have it end the way it does it, it it feels like you know kind of a kind of a rebellious film but also a silly and fun and uh and light film which again feels much like a ramones <laughs> movie in that sense mm-hmm. i mean you know the ramones are uh you know that they're uh they're non-threatening in their way uh but also you know but also have this kind of energetic punk a- aesthetic i don't know i i i do love this movie it's definitely that and and you know it, the famous story behind it is that it was originally going to be disco high and 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 uh that was dismissed in favor of <laughs> rock and roll high school uh and, and at one point uh cheap trick was possibly going to be uh the the band uh, and mm. I, I i love cheap trick like i love few bands but but ramones is just you know the perfect the only, band. The only band i mean it could be. just just the gag of of you know high schooler quote-unquote high schooler pj souls as riff randall colon rock and roller uh, um you know pining over romantically over the uh, over members of the ramones who are just, <laughs> <laughs> just right. not your typical object of desire we'll just leave it at that no, uh, i i and plus you get like uh cult movie favorites like uh paul bertel and mary warnoff and dick miller in this movie it's it's got it's something for everyone it's got everything you need and joe dante uh worked on it too and uh he's got some nice joe dante touches to it as well well yeah. anyway rock and roll high school can't can't recommend it highly enough that's it for this edition of the next picture show a programming note here, we'll be taking next week off for a quick end-of-summer break, but we'll return on September 19th to kick off our next pairing, a Pablo Lorraine double feature, inspired by the Chilean director's latest, El Conde. We'll be pairing that with Lorraine's 2012 film, No, which takes a different approach to Chilean history. For now, we welcome your feedback on Heather's bottoms or anything else film related you'd like to talk about email us at comments at nextpictureshow.net or leave us a voicemail at 773-234-9730 before we close out this week's episode where can we find everyone these days scott uh well you can find me on uh twitter at at scott underscore tobias you can find my work at 
uh, the reveal primarily uh that's the newsletter that i do with you keith if you uh, just a reminder uh this is something we do together <laughs> wait, wait what it's uh it's, it's the reveal.substack.com uh so please uh give us a visit and subscribe if you like we work very hard on it uh i also have work in uh, the new york times uh guardian vulture and other fine publications uh tasha what about you I am a film editor at Polygon.com. Uh, you can find me writing about uh, movies and various stuff there. I'm on X at Tasha Robinson. I am now on Blue Sky also as Tasha Robinson. I can just yeah, Blue take Sky. my name with me wherever I go. What about you, Keith? Uh, I'm a freelance writer. You can find my my work at places like Vulture, The Ringer, GQ, TV Guide, uh, and of course, the reveal.substack.com, uh, the newsletter I co-write with, with Scott Tobias. I am on social media, sort of. I mean, you can find my handle, KFIPS3000, at places like Twitter, where I barely post, um, uh, Instagram, and Blue Sky. Blue Sky, it's the future, right? Right? I hope so. Uh, it's getting better. Genevieve, how about you? Well, I am an editor at Vulture, where I am the lone employee who doesn't love bottoms, but my uh, official title is TV editor. Uh, so I edit things about TV. Uh, and I am occasionally tweeting those things or, or Xing those things over at Twitex uh, at Genevieve Kosky. <laughs> and yeah, that, that that's me. That's what I'm all about. Stay updated on the next picture show at at nextpictureshow.net and on Twitter or X at at nextpicturepod on Blue Sky at at nextpictureshow.bsky.social uh, You can get bonus content and open discussion at patreon.com slash nextpictureshow and as always we appreciate your rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Thanks to Dan the Bake Jakes for his assistance producing this podcast. The Next Picture Show is proud to be part of the Film Spotting family of podcasts. Please tune in next time. 